Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Good morning, Indy. I almost said Venice Beach, California. No one in Venice Beach anymore. R.I.P. Venice Beach. R.I.P. I would like to know what the resident who is living in the former smut studio is doing right now or (laughs) you think yeah well maybe not right now but when they get up at two probably start the start the process over i don't want to think about that to be honest that kind of bothers me i wonder if the japanese guy next door is why don't you just call the mayor the mayor is definitely friends with that person yeah is a method who like, you know, leaves his apartment for 48 hours at a time chasing the dragon and the mayor just goes in and like cleans his carpets. So like, listen, I know you've been. Uh, it's been a little messy in here, the whole so, meth addiction. So I cleaned your carpets. No big deal. Don't be worried about it. I don't know much about meth when you're on meth. Do you stay in one spot or do you venture out? I mean, I don't know about the travel habits, but, you know it's speed you're not but i but i remember hearing like you're curious how things work have you heard any stories like i remember watching some stuff like if you're really cranked up on math you might take apart an entire tv wow and wonder how it works and what i mean that's all this years ago i don't know it was on one of those like dateline or something and basically this dude's like i took apart a tv and then i woke up and there was a million pieces of a TV sitting in a room. Like that's and he, a that, yeah. And he didn't figure it out. He's no. Like, and I have no idea how this works. No. And a guy I used to uh, work with, he would dabble in math sometimes. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I got all, I went out, got a hotel room, did a bunch of math. I'm like, well, what'd you do? He's like, I, I, I must've been in the shower for two hours, <clears throat> just standing high out of my mind. as the water hit me. And I was thinking, that sounds awful. I did math yesterday. Now I'm ready to take apart these NFL games. Ooh, good little segue there. Week one's always great, man. Always great. Always fun. Always some upsets. Always some immediate overreactions, good and bad. Yeah, for sure. People freaking out. People people dancing in the streets because they won a game. People losing their minds because they lost the game. I mean, that's I'll just say that right up front. I'm not going to have any super hot takes because I think any week one super hot takes are reckless. And yet, you know, dare I say once again, the difference between the dirty sports and every other show, it's like the NFL network is pretty good. Obviously, ESPN has turned into the TMZ of sports, but like. 
I, I'm just assuming that there's like an hour long um, ESPN special report today on like the downfall of Aaron Rodgers and, you know, I, I will James say Winston being the league MVP. And that game was uh wow. That was that was I would be I would have concerns. I will say I know it's one game. I will have I would have concerns, though, at just how bad it was. Does doesn't mean the Packers aren't going to win the division. It doesn't mean they're not well, going to be they're good. tied for first place. Yeah, exactly. But I like that one interception that he threw near the end zone. That's just that was the most on Aaron Rodgers esque play I can remember. Yeah, I mean, listen, this like is it what anybody expected? No, but should people? have expected it a little more considering it was literally an off season where he refused to participate in their practices where he was open about demanding a trade and or retiring. Um, this is essentially like worse, but kind of what you should expect in a first game when you didn't, you didn't play with your team at all. And I know there are a lot of people who are sort of blaming Aaron Rodgers and the entire Aaron Rodgers saga of the offseason for yesterday's performance. And certainly the Aaron Rodgers saga is, I would say, mostly responsible for what happened yesterday. But at the same time, I still I still blame the Packers organization um, way more so than I blame Aaron Rodgers because. I don't know what you wanted this guy to do for you to have extended him in the middle of last year, have done all the things like I am of the opinion. There are certain guys who earn a, a certain level of respect. And I think the thing with the Packers is they have a history of going above and beyond showing respect to their quarterback in, in Aaron Rodgers case for the first few years of his career in detriment to Aaron Rodgers and, and almost in detriment to their team. They're like, listen, Brett Favre has earned the right to retire, unretire, stay, go demand trades to certain places. Like they did everything they could. They bent over backwards to say Brett Favre has earned the respect to kind of keep us in limbo all the time. And then with Aaron Rodgers, they're like, mm, we found your replacement and he's going to this and we're not going to extend you. And so I, I fully blame the Packers organization for yesterday. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far personally. He had a bad game. Now he's good for usually every year, every QB. He's good for like one or he's good for probably two bad games. You know, again, it's a long season. I think people forget that. Like, yeah, and also, like, I, and also I, again, it's week one in an offseason where he didn't participate in their offseason workouts. Now, the now the defense is very concerning. The Saints drove the ball at will. They ran the ball at will. I mean, at will. That's concerning. When you give up 38 points and Jameis Winston tosses five touchdowns on 14 completions, that's concerning. Absolutely. When he has all day to pass, that's concerning. That that's my personal takeaway is the defense. Yeah. Because the offense, we we both agree is going to write the ship. They're just too good. And you have 
one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like they're going to write the ship offensively. That defense, you, you just can't let a team run all over you like that. And I think it's a common, you know, listen, this is always the thing with football teams in general. Like, you know, we could quickly just as part of this talk about like, you know, all the Cowboys fans from Thursday, like you're going to lose football games if you, if Dak throws the ball 60 times. I just don't I don't give a shit how good he throws it like he it, the, the proof is in the pudding. He's thrown the ball like 58 times in the last three times in the last four games. They've lost all of them. He's you can't do that. So when the Saints come out yesterday, run the ball, do what we all agree the Saints need to do with Jameis at quarterback, which is limit the amount of times he throws, put them in situations where he's throwing off of play action, put them in situations where they don't need him to make crazy throws. It opens up the potential for him to make the, the easy pass, sure. which we've seen. And you combine that with the Packers offense, not being able to stay on the field and, and these things snowball so quickly. And the, you know, the, the whole establish the run thing, I think is, you know, we've, we've sort of gotten away from that in the, in the recent history of football, like how important establishing the run is. And I really don't think it is that important, but I think what is important is that play action and doing things off of run pass possibilities is, has been proven to be the cheat code. I mean, we, you, again, you talk about that Cowboys bucks game. Tom Brady was doing everything off of play action and, and, and was exceptional at it. And the Cowboys are in full on passing downs all the time. Yeah. And look at what happens. One guy, one guy's got to throw the ball 58 fucking times. So for, for those to happen together in this Packers game where they are able to establish their offense that way and the Packers offense can't stay on the field. It's how things get out of control as quickly as they did. Yeah, the Packers rushed 15 times for 43 yards. Conversely, the Saints rushed 39, 39 times for 171 yards. Yeah. If, if a team can rush for 170 yards, I'd say eight to nine out of 10 times, they're going to win that game. You can rush yeah. for that many yards. And we see the plan that Sean Payton has for Jameis Winston, and it worked great yesterday. Like you said, he didn't have to make. He made some nice passes. Don't get me wrong. He made like I like that one. Uh, that one pass that he threw that only Juwan Johnson could catch high at the end zone. Like we, that, you know, the, the Jameis Winston thing is like no one, including myself, who I would say is the world's foremost Jameis critic has ever, not for one second. Have I ever questioned his athletic talent, his arm talent, his ability to, you know, shove the ball downfield uh his mobility like he won the heisman in college he won the national championship he's like it's the same thing you know i never questioned johnny manzel's athleticism or his talent it's like it it doesn't have anything to do with that what it has to do with is horrific decision making sure and the and combined with making him be a guy where he's throwing the ball a ton, the more often you throw the ball, the more susceptible you are to making a terrible decision. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, this is in essence, you know, a, a very similar thing to what we have going on with the quarterback, the former quarterback of the Rams and the new quarterback with the Rams, you know, Matt Stafford was a guy who had to throw the ball 50 times a game in Detroit to win. And people are like, Oh, what the fuck has Stafford ever won? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you're going to see a whole different stat line from Jared Goff this year and from Matt Stafford this year. Like we saw last night. I mean, Matt Stafford's quarterback rating was 156. He looked perfect because now they do things offensively where he can go out of play action, where he can, where they're running the ball, where he's not having to force passes. He just has to take what they give him. And that's exactly what Jameis did yesterday. I mean, the five touchdowns thing is, is what's going to get the Jameis defenders freaking out and slurping and saying how we were wrong and the hall of fame career is back on track. I mean, he threw the ball 20 times. Yeah, exactly. And that'll work. They have such a great defense. None of that has changed since last year. So their defense is so great. If they can run the ball, like I said, they're going to just win a lot of games, but you're right. If let's say they can't, let's just look at that. The, to me, that's where the Jameis problems come when you got to throw the ball 35 times. Yeah. Not 20 times. And that's, listen, that's every quarterback in the league, essentially. Yeah. Like to, you know, the great quarterbacks, this is something that, you know, I am seeing even in announcing that is like pathetic. Like when people say certain things about guys, it's like, w- w- I think judging the quarterback, you have to judge the quarterback on how guys do when they're forced out of their comfort zone. I heard uh, the announcer in the Colts game say yesterday after a great Carson Wentz play, like that's the Carson Wentz he can be. When he has time in the pocket, he's precise. And it's like, yeah, so is every quarterback in the NFL. It's like saying an NBA player makes their jump shots when they're not covered. RJ Barrett's a pretty good shooter when he's wide open. He's in the NBA. Like Carson Wentz, the, the huge problem with Carson Wentz is he, when he's under pressure, he's a disaster. And of course, putting quarterbacks under pressure makes it more difficult. Putting quarterbacks in a situation where they can't run the ball effective, effectively makes it more difficult. But that's why so many people are confused. You know, you're wearing your Russell Wilson jersey. Great game by Russell Wilson yesterday. But the Russell Wilson stands out there. Let Russ cook is absolutely what you don't want. You want them running the ball effectively, setting up play action and letting Russ be able to throw the ball downfield off of play action. That's his effectiveness. This whole idea of, Oh, I I made a criticism about the Cowboys the other day. And somebody's like, Oh, what you want them to take the ball out of their best player's hand. Yes. If you think, a quarterback throwing the ball 58 times is ever going to win anything. You're insane. It's just like people have the overreactions from week one. And it's like every, the, the blueprint to success for everybody is always the same. Well, you need balance. Yeah. You need I balance. Mean, I mean, you, you need to be able to set up running plays and set up passing plays. Keeping defenses on their toes is how you win football games. Yeah. And I actually, I, I made that comment. I watched that Cowboys game. Jay Lloyd was over. 
and we were watching it. And that's what I said. I said, they're not even giving the ball to Zeke. And Dak did have a great game and Dak looked really clean and he looked accurate and he, and he played very well, but you're right. You're just, you're not going to win. You, you got to establish the run to a degree. And even during last night's Rams games, they said that obviously Cam Akers is gone for the year. That's a huge blow for the Rams running game. But even, I don't know, I think, I assume it was Collinsworth who made that comment. Even with him being gone, he said, they're going to keep giving Henderson the ball. Like, they got to do something to free up the play action and to give spacing for Matthew Stafford. And obviously it worked. They and the Rams obviously are great at little screen passes and sure. jet sweeps and all the things that essentially are running plays without being running plays. But you have to do that. And that's the same thing that, you know, Brady has always done. It's like on that final drive, you know, it's like, don't give the ball back to Brady with a minute left to go. It's like, because he's gonna throw a little swing pass out of the backfield. Cause he's going to throw a wide receiver screen. Cause he's going to catch Gronk for two yards that rumbles into 10. It's like Tom Brady, the amount of like Tom Brady game winning drives with two minutes left in the game for a go ahead score where he doesn't push the ball six yards downfield. I bet you there's been a dozen of them in his career, but like that is what makes a team good and what makes a quarterback good, which is taking what they're giving you when they're giving it to you. If you're just shoving the ball downfield 58 times, I said it and I'll say it again. Like nothing makes me happier as a giants fan than seeing that the Cowboys have to throw the ball 58 times to compete. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, I, I think that we are in a pass heavy era, obviously, but you do, you really do need to establish the run. And that, and that's like, when you watch that Seahawks game yesterday, they established the run. Obviously their defense played well. That that's definitely more of Russ's wheelhouse. 23 passes. Oh, we've always said that. Yeah. I've always, I've always said that. Now the internet's let Russ cook. Okay. Please let Russ cook. And, and Wentz, once was struggling at times, like you said, under pressure. And then I, I you know, one, one point I want to just say across the board from week one, one note that I made concerning coaching, Joe, I've never seen so many awful fourth down calls in my life. Yeah. From so many games from that Colts game, the Bengals did it. The bills did it. I'm sure I'm missing some, the, these, the, they did it twice. Frank Reich went for it twice. They fumbled the, like they were just questionable calls. And the Bengals call was terrible in the Vikings game on fourth down. The Bills call where he threw it, where Josh Allen throws it backwards. Did you see to Singletary? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I really questioned some of these coaching calls in week one on fourth down. Well, it's funny because, you know, in my, in my game as well, in the Giants game, I would say that it, it, it reminded me of the, it reminded me of the Eagles Super Bowl year, but Vic Fangio at, at two, maybe three horrible fourth down decisions and they got all of them. And it's one of those things where uh, sucks for me as a giants fan, our defense don't, don't step up and make a play, but it, it's almost, it, it had, it had Peterson vibes where for Broncos fans, I would be afraid that it happened three times in a row and you got it because you don't want this going forward like this desperation you know you're on your own 40 
and you're going for it. You got, you know, you got it. I mean, it killed. That was the Giants game came down to essentially a couple of plays like that. I know the score like makes it look totally different. They get they get points at the end. The Giants get points at the end. There's multiple scores when the game is essentially over, but it comes down to that. And when those calls were being made, I was like, yes, yes, go absolutely go for it. Yes, don't take the three points. Like I'm begging him to go for it on fourth down, and he does. And it had real Doug Peterson vibes because they get it three times in a row. And it's like, man, this is a wild strategy. Uh, I hope because I, you know, I like I like the Broncos as a team in general. Like I don't root against them or anything like that. Obviously, when they're playing my team, I do. But you're like, man, this is gonna hurt you if you're if this is your attitude the whole year. We're just gonna go for it on fourth down time because these calls. It's just like, to me, it says, not only do you not trust your defense, it's like you don't trust your offense either to get out there and have another opportunity to do it again. What's your leash on Daniel Jones? My leash? Like, 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 like where, where are Giants fans at? You know, this is year three as a starter. Well, so the thing with Daniel Jones, you know, again. Because his, his, his clock's ticking, let's be honest. Well, there's, there's a couple things with Daniel Jones. The same way we said about everybody. It's way worse when you're under pressure. Now, Daniel Jones, I would argue, and the end of Eli Manning's career, I would argue. I mean, the the court, the the fans of teams that I've seen complaining about their offensive lines who have like decent like like the the Seahawks, for example, the Vikings, for example, like you know. The Bears, whoever, like, I, I'm just like, how dare you? How dare you when there are teams out there, you know, when when Deshaun Watson's running for his life every game where the Giants quarterbacks were like, how dare you have like a mediocre or like average offensive line and be like, the problem with Kirk Cousins is he's got no time. It's like, the problem with Kirk Cousins is he sucks. Um, Daniel Jones has been running for his life. Now, yesterday... that wasn't quite the case as much, but the big problem with Daniel Jones obviously is that he can't protect the football. Now, yesterday he has one critical fumble on a run where he dives for a first down. It's like, yeah, that's a play where you got to be smart and you got to slide and you got to protect the football, but not as frustrating as when a guy gets the ball taken away from them in the pocket, you know? So to me, it's, it's a combo of two things with Daniel Jones with the leash. Um, the offensive line has to give him an opportunity for us to see what he actually is. And then when he has that opportunity, he's got to do something with it. Now, yesterday, the Giants offense, I thought played fine. Like I was totally fine with how the Giants offense played. They just simply didn't, have the ball the Giants defense couldn't get off the field I mean I felt like I watched a half of football from the second all of the second and all of the third quarters where the Giants didn't have the football in the first and in the fourth the Giants had the ball moved the ball had a couple of you know bad ends to drives but like they moved the ball really well like the receivers played well Daniel Jones threw the ball well huge fumble on a, on a rushing play again, you know, you, you have to hold on to the ball there, but also 
you know, they needed hit. They, they needed that first down and he dove for a first down and fumbled. Like you hate it, but you know, if Daniel Jones didn't have a horrific turnover history, I don't think people go up. Oh, there's Daniel Jones again. Mr. Fumble. It's like he's diving for a, you know, a scrambling first down. I think their offense played fine. They just were never on the field because the defense could not get off the field. Have the Giants ever been exciting? I mean, I'm being serious. My whole life. Have they ever been exciting on offense ever? Uh, I wouldn't say exciting. No. Right. Like, but, but that would in essence be what we've talked about, right? Like the Super Bowl winning Giants teams were run, running back by committee, tight end, like Eli to fucking Steve Smith, Eli to Victor Cruz for a big play here and there. It's like, it's almost essentially what we're saying. It's like exciting doesn't necessarily equal good. Sure, but they don't have even teams that can mix it up to have some excite, like, you know, the saints yesterday mixed it up. Obviously they have Alvin, you, you know, they have Kamara. So it's like, they had, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I, mean, I think that's also the frustrating thing with the giants in terms of, I mean, they have obviously Saquon tons of weapons and yet they pair those tons of weapons with Jason Garrett. Like that, that to me was always the, what the fuck is this? Yeah. We're, we, we have the Saquon Barkley, as like a baseline thing. And we don't find like, we don't have the offense that goes like the old Marshall Falk or the old LaDainian Tomlinson. Where it's like, we're, we have 20 different ways to get this guy, the ball, the giants just do. We're going to run Saquon Barkley off tackle. Like he's Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, the big surprise, the biggest surprise for me, there's a few. I'd, I'd say probably the biggest was the Eagles game. Because they beat the shit out of Atlanta in Atlanta. Yeah. And that, that was another game where it's like, you know, the Eagles looked good, but the Falcons looked terrible. The Falcons looked terrible offensively. I mean, it, yeah, I, I just how many, how like, many years are we going to do this? How many years? They, 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 they trick me every year. They trick you too. Like, yeah. like every year I'm like, Oh, they got Matt Ryan. Oh, this, you know, they're going to bounce back. I was saying this year they can, I probably, I think I predicted them to win the division or not behind uh, Tampa Bay, but it's, it's just every year we do this. And what's crazy about the Falcons is that they're going to do what we think they're going to do in certain games against good teams. Like, I don't know who they have coming, but like, they'll beat the saints this year. You know what I mean? And they'll, they'll, they'll play the box close or they'll beat the box this year and they'll play the saints really close, but they'll, they'll just like get like the Eagles defense isn't amazing. And yet you're, you're able to put up six points and that like, honestly, it was one of those things where it's like the Eagles played fine offensively. The Eagles played good offensively, but like, it, it was very similar to the Giants game. It's like you can't get off the field and you're, you know, eventually you're going to give up 26 points. Like the Giants game wasn't this like crazy blowout, but like you're going to give up 27 points. If you can't like get off the field and you're not going to score that many points if you can't get your, get your offense onto the field. Well, well sidebar on the the actual game. 
there was a Reddit post on the Dirty Sports Reddit. Is Matt Ryan, and I know we've discussed this, a Hall of Famer? Only 27 votes, but 14 said no and 13 said yeah. And I commented, and I just want to say this to everybody out there. Like, you're smoking meth if you don't think he's a Hall of Famer at this point. I'm sorry. Matt Ryan, he's going, he has an MVP. He's going to finish the top five all time, all time in yards and touchdown passes. That's what he'll finish with. If you don't think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer, you're smoking crack. If you don't think top five all time in yards, top five all time in touchdown passes with an MVP is not a Hall of Famer, you're on fucking drugs. And that one's starting to get on my nerves because I'll argue anyone. Like, what can you say back? What can you say back to that? Top five. But Andy, this is what Dan Marino's top five doesn't have a ring. Yeah. Like, what this can you is say what, back to this that? This is Andy, this is what uh in essence becomes like welcome, welcome to like the state of mind that I live in, where like you're now frustrated by idiots on the internet especially when it comes to quarterback play. Like, I mean, you know, my favorite thing to do, right. Is to go into my tweet history and, and start liking and retweeting like these horrific arguments. I mean, the amount of times over the years, I talked about it, even with you on this is that when we, when we were to is Russ top five is Russ top five. I would throw Stafford in the mix and people, I mean, you should see, I'm going to start doing it soon. Not after week one, but maybe week three or week four. The like, what the? F- how dare you even compare the two? What the fuck are you talking about? Kirk Cousins is way better than Stafford. At least he has a playoff win. Blah 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 blah. It's like we judge these guys. Like all that you can do. Like I'm not saying raw stats or everything, but yeah. you have to, you have to take into consideration where somebody's playing, who they're playing with, what they were able to accomplish there. And, and and then add up all the raw stats. Like Matt Ryan came to the Falcons. He was a very high draft pick. He turns around a team. He gets them to be competitive regularly. He wins an MVP. He goes to a Super Bowl. Tragically, uh, hey, you know he should have won it. They should have won it. Should have won it. I put it on him. Yeah, and don't their get me coach. Wrong. Sure. No doubt about it. Sure. But like, again, we're talking about guys who, I mean, the argument this year is, is, was, is Tony Romo a Hall of Famer? It's like, bro, Matt Ryan has four year blocks where he was as effective as Tony Romo was in his whole career. Yeah. Seriously. If you voted, no, you're on crack. That's all I'm going to say. You, If you don't think again, it's not all raw stats, but to me, there's no question. He should have won the Super Bowl. Is that on him? Yeah. Is that on the coaching? Yes. Your top five all time in yards. I don't think people realize how hard it is. I, I think we get caught up. I'm so sick of the argument. It's a pass friendly league. Yeah, it is. But he stays on the field. He didn't miss a start yeah. for people don't realize how hard it is. He didn't miss a start for 10 years. How many starts has Patrick Mahomes already missed? It just it's so important to stay. Again, again we're, we had we just had the conversation. We, the the internet and the media and whatever is is having the Tony Romo discussion. Here's the thing: if you participate in the Tony Romo discussion, is Tony Romo a Hall of Famer? If you participate in it, if you take it seriously, whichever side you're on of it, 
if you don't walk away going like, what the fuck are we talking about here? You are, you are essentially casting a Matt Ryan as a hall of famer vote because if you are willing to participate in the Tony Romo is or is not a hall of famer question, you're saying like, well, then certainly a guy with double everything and an MVP and a Super Bowl appearance is a hall of famer. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're casting that vote. Well, you, you know, and we, I think we both agree on this. I think one of the, I would argue the most underappreciated stat for a quarterback is staying on the field. The best avail- ability is availability. Like, like I, it's literally, I mean, dude, this is the the NFC East quarterback argument for years. It's like McNabb's better than Eli. Romo's better than Eli. I don't know. We'll never know because this week Eli plays John Kitna, and next week he plays Coy Detmer. So take your fucking McNabb and Romo are better than Eli and save it for when they're fucking there. Yeah, you got to stay on the field. You just have to. If you if you know your QB starting 16 games, and I'll segue that to the Bengals game. Great win for the Bengals, by the way. Huge win. They almost blew it at the end. I thought they would. But just from one game, Burrow got sacked five times. Mark it down. Whoever wants to write it down, Joe Burrow will not start all 17 games for the Bengals this year. He just won't. He was getting his ass kicked. And Burrow looked very, very good. He was making some great throws. Don't get me wrong. That He made that huge fourth down. That was a ballsy call in overtime. He looked great. Jamar, Jamar Chase looked great. But again, dude, you're sacked five times. The next two weeks, they go at Chicago, at Pittsburgh. Good luck. Good luck. That's all, that's all I'm saying. You got to have your guys stay on the field. And, and, I, and I don't think he like like I think that's where a lot of these guys are underappreciated, like a Matthew Stafford. You talked about him earlier. He's mostly stayed on the field minus one big injury. And, yeah. and I think when these when you know you have these guys, it's important because not to say he's like the best, the best. But when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, you know Washington's stuck, and he played all right. He, they're stuck with Heineke. You know what I'm saying? Is yeah. it Heineke. Yeah, Heineke, Heineke, Heineke whatever. Yeah. But my point is, you, you got to stay on the field, and it, it's just so important. And Cousins, oh my God! By the way, I, I just like you watch that game, and it's just—I mean, welcome. By the way, it's you know, I've been living in this hot tub for a long time, and you know, it's fun for me to welcome certain people and be like, "Hey, welcome to the." Kirk Cousins hate hot tub. The water's warm. Well, I don't. Matt, I don't. Maddie Goldberg on on Twitter yesterday, like, yeah, Kirk Cousins being fucking, you know, efficiency rating is why quarterback stats are useless. It's like, oh, Mister Kirk Cousins, welcome to the Kirk Cousins Hate Club. Thanks for coming. Add well, some fucking bubbles. I wouldn't say hate club. You know, I've always said he's like very Andy Dalton two with slightly better stats. But I, I got an argument with my brother about it. Um, Saturday night, it, it was great, great discussion to have, by the way, the middle of the dead and company concert of give me, give me 12 quarterbacks. You'd rather have over cousins. And I did, but I was also really stoned. So, you know, I was struggling, you know, how to, I, I need to see the I teams, mean, in, but, I but I did see the teams in front of me, but, but I did, I did for the record. But my point is like that game that's a game the Vikings should win, in my opinion, but they didn't. Oh, and, and here's the thing. My favorite part of the Kirk Cousins, like 
deniers. It's like, first of all, it's coming around more and more, you know, more and more to the truth about Kirk Cousins is becoming the accepted Kirk Cousins position as before, before I was a, you know, a truther. And now, you know, before I was like the government's spying on us. And now everybody's like, yeah, the government spies. on. We know that. Right. Like the NSA is like tapping all our phones, blah, blah, blah. Like, but, but before I was like, guys, Kirk Cousins is garbage. And now everybody's like, yeah, Kirk Cousins is garbage. But, but like, again, this is, I have years of history in, in tweets of people arguing he's a, and it's a, he's another guy and shout out to our boy, Charlie Ryan, you know, friend of the show, uh, Minnesota dirt ball. He's, he's joined in. I mean, over the years, he's a recovering, uh, you know, Kirk cousins defender. Welcome to the Kirk cousins, true side. He had the same comment yesterday. I don't know if it was Vikings Twitter or if it was the announcers in the game or something like that, but he was frustrated with the, when Kirk Cousins has time, he's good. It's like, yeah, so is everybody. Sure. Everybody's good when they have fucking time. But Kirk Cousins isn't good. And it used to be well, Kirk I, Cousins I, struggles in primetime. Kirk Cousins struggles, blah, blah, blah. One o'clock game. Kirk Cousins struggles to beat really good teams. Kirk Cousins lost eight. But Kirk Cousins. But don't face Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. Because that, that dude owns 1 p.m. on a Sunday. 1 p.m. on a Sunday against the Bengals. Yeah, and look, I understand there is a limited number of, of really good quarterbacks. I think we both agree. Like, he's middle tier for me. You know, he's middle tier. I'm not saying he's bad. He's middle tier. But, you, you know, there's, there's, there's a limited number when you do the quarterback rankings. And I said this before the show. I want to go into the NFC West. I thought Kyler Murray arguably played the best game of the NFC West QBs yesterday. I thought he looked great. Their defense looked great. That was a huge surprise win. They beat the shit out of the Titans cross country. That division is going to be fun to watch this year. The division is going to be awesome. It's going to be the most fun division without a doubt. I mean, I'd have a hard time coming up, like figuring out, where I rank anybody right now, where I rank them as teams, as offenses, as quarterbacks, uh, defense is probably a little bit easier, but even that's going to be tough. I mean, the the Arizona defense played great. Yeah. And if Arizona's defense is going to play great, they're going to be fucking tough to beat. Yeah. And Seattle's defense played better than I think everybody expected. And the Rams D, you're talking about the number one ranked D last year as far as points, fewest points and fewest yards per game. The Rams D is going to be amazing. The Rams are going to be amazing. I like yeah. I am a full-on Rams fan at this point. Like it's tough being a Giants fan these days. Like the Rams for me, like the stadiums close by. The I I, I like McVay. I like their offense. I like their defense forever you know, having a medium pizza in the huddle has been like, you know, it's hard to get behind this Rams team because I just think, you know, in essence, Jared Goff made it hard for me to like the Rams, made it hard for me to like McVay because I was like, dude, how do you, like, how, how does the whole world that has football knowledge know that this is what's holding you back? But then you go and you give him this big deal. It's like, it almost seems like, you know, the smart thing, I know retrospect, but like the smart thing is to just be like, I know in my heart that this is the guy that's holding us back. 
I can't give him that money. I can't allow the team to give him that money. Now I know you go to the Super Bowl and I know you whatever, but in the end, it costs him a ton of draft capital. But I still think it's so worth it. You replace him with a guy, dude. I heard Collinsworth say this on Thursday night football. And you know, to be fair, obviously Chris Collinsworth has does calls a lot of football games, but he said in the Thursday night games, he was like, listen, we didn't get a lot of Detroit games in prime time. So I didn't see a lot of Matt Stafford. Now I'm, I'm kind of like, well, shouldn't you just fucking watch it anyway? <laughs> but I understand he's a busy guy. He's like, so I didn't see a lot of Matt Stafford. Now we've got them on Sunday night football. And I want, and he's like, Matt Stafford's really, really good. 45 yard seam throws. And when I was like, yeah, I know Chris Collinsworth, like the Rams are going to be really tough to beat now that they have a legit good quarterback and, and all the Matthew Stafford, like tweets I have of, Oh, what playoff games do you want? Like how, how dare you compare him to this quarterback and this quarterback? It's like, he's played one game. I know we're not going to overreact one game, but it looked easy. Looked easy for him. I mean, he might be in the MVP conversation if it's going to look that easy. Well, I think a lot of guys from that division will be in that conversation. I mean, hell, Chandler Jones has five, you know, he had five sacks in the first game. It's, it really is going to be a tough division. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Super Bowl, you know, the person from the NFC comes out of that division for the Super Bowl. And it really, I don't know, for me, as someone who's like watched the Rams over the years, it really does show the difference. You know, you know, Jared Goff, this is what Jared Goff is. He's not just a medium pizza. This is actually the perfect equivalent because it's also a Detroit-style pizza. I came home from that concert Sunday night with my brothers or Saturday night, and I had a Costco deep-dish Detroit-style frozen pizza. You know, you've been at a concert, a, a dead concert for almost four hours. You're, you got the munchies. Like, like it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the spot. Not the best. That's literally what Jared Goff was for the Rams. And I think, I know what you're saying. I think McVay, maybe it was an ego thing. I, like McVay was such an offensive genius. He thought, I can fix this. I can, we got to the Super Bowl. I can fix this. Obviously, it didn't happen. They were smart. They made the move. We saw Jared Goff do Jared Goff things yesterday. We make some, a few nice throws. But then, he, like that pick six was terrible. Now, they almost came back. That was, did you, were you following that game? That game yeah, was wild. Yeah. yeah. They almost came back. They didn't cover the spread. They didn't cover our, yeah, they didn't cover our spread. It ballooned. I think it went up to eight and a half. So they end up covering the final line, but. Yeah. But that, yeah, that division, that division is going to be nuts. And, you know, I'll, I'll be curious how some of these things play out with some of these other divisions. The, you know, the Titans, I think they got to worry a little. Again, I know it's one game. But they travel to Seattle this week. Like, if Tennessee starts 0-2, that's not a hole you want to be in. Behind who, though? True. The the 0-2 hole behind the Tyrod Taylor Texans, who have only beaten the Jaguars so far? The Jaguars are 0-1. The Jaguars aren't going to win six games. The Colts, who played Seattle and lost? Like... Is there any part of what the Colts did against Seattle 
that makes you worry they're going to win a game next week and start running away with the division? No. But we could be headed towards a possible NFC East situation, maybe. Yeah, we could. But in listen, the AFC South. You know, this is what this is for all the teams out there, you know, for the Packers fans, for the Bears fans, for the Titans fans, for the Cowboys fans, for the Giants fans, for, you know, I don't know, the Bills fans, whatever. Uh, one week looking bad i wouldn't worry about it so much sure in like listen if the it didn't happen but just like take for example the uh the niners if the niners had lost that game yesterday i'd be worried yeah because you have the rest of your division looks great and won but like if you're a redskins giants cowboys fan I wouldn't be shaking in my boots that you're one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're the Packers, you could have lost a thousand to nothing. You're tied for first place. Your Vikings, the Vikings lost to the Bengals. The bears didn't look good. You know, Detroit looks like they might, you know, get the number one overall picking replace Jared Goff again. <laughs> like, you know, I know everybody wants a week one overreaction, and I think more so lately, we had a run there in, you know, the late aughts and the early 2010s where we would get these deep wild card runs and wild card Super Bowl people and all this. But like, yes, now more and more lately, we've gotten we've reverted. And, and I think with the addition of a seven team and they're only being one by. We're going to see it more often where the one seeds are going to play in Super Bowls. So, yeah, it's important when your goal is to get to and win the Super Bowl to try to have home field. Sure, that's important. But you have to do these in stages. It's great to have home field. But first, you got to get in. And when you get in, you have a chance. Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl as a wild card team. You know, the Giants have won a Super Bowl sneaking in with a shitty division record it's like first things first you got to start there so i always say to people you know my manager uh is a huge packers fan and she's like destitute last night i'm like you're not even in second place you're tied for first place relax like i hate to go full Aaron Rodgers on you but fucking relax yeah yeah like if i'm a bills fan i'm not hitting the panic button I mean, but, the Jets lose and don't look great. They lose a huge offensive lineman. They, the the Patriots and the Dolphins play a close game. game, but no one looks like, no one looks like, oh my God, winner of that game is now the class of the East. Yeah, I will say about that Bill Steelers game. Really good showing on the Steelers defense. And sure, if they, if they play like that, their offense is pretty anemic, but if they play like that defensively, they're going to be in all those games. They're going to be in a lot of games. They're going to be in a lot of games. Right. Of course. But what are they, you know, so then they're, they're last year Steelers again. Yeah. I think more concerning from that game. And yes, of course, credit to the Steelers defense, but Josh Allen, you know, people are going like, Oh, 
how you're not on the Josh Allen MVP train. It's like, listen, I get that it's hard when you play against really good defenses, but like, that's also the point. Like if you want to be an MVP, like you need to perform to some certain level against great defenses. You're certainly going to need to be a great defense to win the Super Bowl or to get into the Super Bowl. I think, I thought that was a, uh, you know, a poor performance overall by the Bills offense in addition to the Steelers defense playing well. Yeah, and again, you can't be throwing the – he's chucking the ball 50 times. Yeah. 51 attempts. So it, it's just not a recipe for success. Tough loss for the Browns. I, You know, you know, I was really rooting for them. I think I've turned, to be honest. Yeah, you used to be, used to be a Browns – hater well i just you're you're not a baker mayfield guy he's grown on me you're 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 you know i guess did it help that you're also an odell beckham hater but he wasn't out there oh yeah i would get rid of him i've said this last night i've, I've said this for a while I'd get rid of get rid of him addition by subtract with like they're 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 a good team without odell see if you can get some some picks for him i'm not i you know me i haven't been team odell for a while he's just too injury prone what was I saying about the quarterbacks? You got to stay on the field. Yeah. I know we disagree there, but. Well, I mean, I guess the disagree is only, I don't disagree that he's injury prone. I don't disagree that I disagree with the idea that like they're better without him. I certainly disagree with like the addition by, I, I agree with addition by subtract. I disagree with the addition by subtraction that, but when you trade somebody for things, it's not addition by subtraction. Yeah, you're right. right? That's not the way to word it. I don't, I, I, the, the hot take of the Browns are, it's like, I don't know. Could the Browns have used one more weapon in a 33, 29 football, like chuck the football around Bonanza? Well, I, I just think, I feel like when he's in there, there's more forcing the ball where Baker seems to spread the wealth. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking yesterday. You have one, two, three, four. You have five different guys catch three or more passes. I mean, he's really spread the wealth. And to be honest, Baker's really grown on me. I thought he was going to be a bust. I think he's a nice quarterback. Yeah. I think I think with that defense, now obviously they got tested yesterday. They're going against the Chiefs. But I think they can really make some noise. Now that punter, can we address like why didn't he just did, could he couldn't he have just punted that? I don't know. What was he doing? I mean, you, you see the the thing about he was running around. Like, I would say the majority of punts are like you know a third of a second away from being blocked, and you just and you just like you you don't even think. Oh, we almost blocked a punt. You know what I mean? But like on every punt, there's a guy who's like diving for it and is like one foot short. And it's just like, oh, that was the cleanest punt of all time. So, no, I think one like half a bobble. Like you saw the thing was that in the Seahawks game? Yeah. The Seahawks game where the guy mismanaged the snap and then like rolled out and like somehow got it off. Yeah. Um. So like, could he have punted it in that kind of way? Like maybe, but that takes like some extra athleticism, but like the idea that you muff like the handling of a punt and then you just punt. No, like I, he probably would have gotten blocked. Um, But you know, that game made me feel, I know again, one week, not overreactions, but the chiefs are 
who we thought they were, right? Like the Chiefs doesn't matter what you're down. The Chiefs have such big playability. They're never going to be out of a game. But the Brown, but for the Browns to have them in that position, I think is also telling of the Browns. I mean, don't, this is my AFC championship game. Um, and I, I feel pretty good about it. It's like if you look around the AFC, were they did the two most impressive teams play in the same game? I would say yes. What yeah. other team jumps out to you as especially impressive from the AFC? Like I, I know would, we're talk, we talked about the Steelers defense, but like did the Steelers offense look no in that no. game impressive to the point where you're like, oh, this Steelers team. I'd agree. I mean, the Chargers, you know, that's not an easy win, but they win no. and, and they struggle at times. But I would I would agree. I would agree those two teams looked the best yesterday for sure. Yeah, it, it would be those two. That's just that that's that would be such a if the Browns pull that through, that's that would be just such a landmark game for them to start the season. And just no, I mean, it's crazy. I forget the stat they showed. The amount of times Patrick Mahomes has come back from a 10-point deficit. Yeah. No lead is ever. I think I think eight. I saw he's like he was like seven and he's like he was six and four maybe before yesterday, seven and four with yesterday, like record when that one trailing by 10 points at some point and no other quarterback in history has a winning record. Like, of course you don't, right? Like, of course you don't have a, no, no, no quarterback that has a winning record being down 10 points in games. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, it's happening. Like you, you, we all saw it when the Browns take that, you know, he's coming back. You just, you know, like, like there's never any doubt in anyone's mind who watches football that, that he's not mounting a comeback. I thought overall the games have been pretty well. Like I've enjoyed them really enjoyed that Thursday night game was probably the best opening kickoff game that I I can recall. Great in recent game. memory. Yep. yep. And I thought Brady looked good. I thought a lot of things look good. And, and I, I'm telling you, man, I think Antonio Brown's going to lead that team in receiving yards. I think Mike Evans is starting to be on the decline a little. And uh, I think he's going to give Brown and Godwin the ball more. You think Mike Evans is on the decline? Yeah, I think he's going to start declining a little. Has, has he been in the league less long than Antonio Brown by like three years? Let's see. I mean, isn't Mike Evans in like year six or year seven? This is his one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. This is his eighth year. Okay. Now he's caught a thousand yards in every season. Yeah. By that I mean I don't know if we'll catch a thousand yards this year. Maybe that's maybe that's Andy hot take after one game. Well, I mean, so I think the thing with Evans on on this particular Tampa Bay, like this version of Tampa Bay, when you have Godwin, you have Brown, you have Gronk, you have all these guys, which it becomes, and I think it's a good. In, in terms of winning football games, I think it's actually a great thing to have, which is not that he necessarily wants it, not not even that they necessarily want him to be it, but like the prototypical, you know, I always go back to my Giants, but like that Plaxico Burris role where you don't have to stockpile catches, but
but you, but you're the big, tall possession receiver that they can go to in certain situations. Like when you have, and this Bucks team does a ton of weapons that come in a variety of forms. It's great to be like, this is what he's going to do. And this is, you know, and, no, and, 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 I, and I just want to correct myself. That's basically what I'm saying is I don't think his stats are going to be what they have been because there's just so many pieces around right. them and they have a couple usually running the phrase backs. like starting to decline. You would mean physically. You yeah. Would mean production I, I wise. Yeah, I misspoke. I, it's more of just the stats like he's not going to put up the numbers because there's just only one football. And there's too many pieces around them. But yeah, I, I thought I thought overall it was, it was a pretty nice week, and I'm looking forward to tonight's game. And I think both you and I, right, took the Raiders to cover the spread. Yeah, we had I think at four and a half, and I'm looking forward to that. One thing I did see, which did not surprise me, was that sports betting was at an all time high for opening week. Not surprised at all. It's just so many avenues. Yeah. So with with all the legal betting, uh, I guess it was up by a hundred and twenty six percent. And here's something interesting: it has not affected Las Vegas. A lot of people were concerned when more states were going to legalize no, gambling. No, Vegas itself is actually up twenty percent this weekend compared to last year. It, it's also, I mean, it's it's. With the legalization of like, it's crazy how, um, you know, the legality of certain things. And I think we've seen it from like our parents' generation when it comes to like pot, for example. It's like, how? No, no, you can't, you're going to end up in Guantanamo. And now parents are like, do you have some of those edibles? Yeah. It's and changed. you're like, and you're like, what, what, oh, you were letting the government literally scare you into thinking it's like, you know, just in the last 10, 15 years with gambling, it's like, don't, don't get your legs broken by a bookie. Yeah. And now it's like, I was on Bovada looking at putting together a parlay and you're like, all right, dad, relax. Well, well, actually I, I assume most people would be on FanDuel placing their bets. Wouldn't they, right. Joe? Right. Of yeah. course, I mean the daily fantasy. Yeah. And you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to make FanDuel this the signature site of your boomer dad who's just getting into sports gambling. But it across the board, no matter what age and uh style of betting you like to do, I would go to I would make FanDuel your first stop. Yeah, you got so many options. You you can make, place the daily wagers or you can start playing fantasy this football season because FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. And you just talked about the daily lineups because they have so many different formats, the main slate, the single game, the best ball, the snake draft. I like FanDuel because when I hop in, I get a group with friends and that's my favorite part is to talk trash to each other, right? Like, like that's one of the best part about fantasy is that you can talk trash all season long to me, that makes it so much better. So experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com 
forward slash dirty. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Was there any other NFL stuff that we missed? That well, you I maybe- want to do. I want to do one NFL sort of quick conversation. Um, you know, w- we made it a point. I made it a point, especially to say, uh, you know, take week one, especially week one in our first seventeen game. We essentially have uh, a, a full what we know football season left. We did, we have our bonus game out of the way. We now have a sixteen game NFL season. So I don't like to. Um, you know, jump to any conclusions too grandly after week one. But if I were to force you to do one positive and one negative hot take, whether that be a team, a player, or whatever from week one, what would be your what would be your hot takes? Okay, my first hot take. Kyler Murray will be in the MVP discussion by the end of the year. I would say it's a lukewarm take, but it's a, but I'll give it to you. Why is that lukewarm? I'll go. I'll I'll throw in Tom Brady's in the mix. No, like, I mean, yeah, I think Kyler Murray is, we, we said that that division is going to be really good. And I think obviously whether it be, the weapons they have and the defense that they could potentially have, whatever it's like, it's still going to be the Kyler Murray show a lot of the time. So I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, okay. Okay. Here, here, here's a hot take. I kind of teased it earlier. Let's, let's go for it. I picked the bucks to make a Super Bowl. What if I scratch that? What if my hot take is someone out of the NFC West will represent that conference in the Super Bowl. Okay. I like that. It's hotter. It's definitely heating up. I like it. I obviously agree with you. I have the Rams as the Super Bowl. That was my, you know, prediction is the Rams are the Super Bowl, uh, you know, team from the NFC. So I'm on board. Uh, my hot, my negative hot take. And again, they're technically tied for first place, I think. And I said it in the pre-show, but I'm willing to double down on it. This is the end of the Vikings as we know it. I think you lose to the Bengals week one. I, I think you light your season on fire. I think Kirk Cousins is being exposed as the, the you know, money thief and fraud that I believe he has always been. And the number one reason is because, listen to this, Vikings at Cardinals next week. Wow. Then Vikings home against the Seahawks. Wow. Then Vikings home against the Browns. Well, those are, that's a tough three game strategy. Then they get lions, Panthers, Cowboys, Ravens, but then they come back with chargers, Packers, Niners. I think that the, I think the Vikings will be. Oh, and four. Oh, and four. They're own one. They got the Cardinals, Seahawks and Browns. I think all three of those are winnable games for them. Okay. And I no. think that. Not saying they're going to win them. Yeah. And I think that they're going to be 0-4. And, and I think the best chance they have is obviously your Seahawks, hosting your Seahawks at home. I think the Cardinals on the road, I mean, yeah, it's a winnable game, but not if your boy Kyler shows up, plays MVP quality yeah. football. I'd agree that the Seahawks is the most winnable game there. Wow, that is a tough schedule. 
and uh, and my other hot and my good hot take, and I don't think it's that hot a take, is that uh, I think the Chargers are going to be really good. Like I know we were kind of on the fence of that, and I think that well, the char like the Chargers traveling to Washington. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Like, like if you can win a game where you don't score that many points, I actually think that's better for a Chargers fan. Yeah, you can travel, and, and they got some to east. horrific calls against them in the game, yeah. including the including the twenty five yard fumble. Which, well, yeah. Is, well, speaking of that, did you see the the fumble? What do you think of the? I thought of you actually when I was watching that overtime of that Vikings Bengals game, and the Dalvin Cook was you know well call on the field. To me, it was pretty clear that. He didn't fumble the ball till his knee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think I'm so sick of the call on the field. I, I'm. I just think I've been saying this for years. I just think like you're like pick a lane. We're either going to review these plays and make a judgment based on the review, or we're going to let the call on the field be a part of the like. Why? Just. Andy, just give me a reason. Explain to me the reason that, the, like, play devil's advocate. Why should the call on the field matter at all? We need something to break in case of a tie? The only reason it it's to massage the ego of the refs. Right, which is wanna, the worst reason. Exactly, I agree, but I think that's got to be the only reason, not to hurt the refs' feelings. But then what that builds into the equation is we are going to defer to ourselves and say we were right. We're, we're, it builds in a bias toward watching replays. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and here's the other thing. Okay. If a guy is called down, the whistle blows and the play ends. So now, for the sake of getting it "quote unquote" right, the refs either let it go, or what you saw in the Giants game, the the Logan Ryan fumble recovery at the sideline, where he may or may not have been out. You could see the two refs come together, and I don't know if they talked about it, but it seemed like they said, "Just say it was a fumble." And now we can now we automatically review turnovers and we automatically review blah blah blah. So, but then it's a borderline call, and they defer to the call on the field. So you can't build into this process that you defer to the call on the field if now refs are going to make certain calls on the field based on the fact that it lets the game go on or it lets them be able to review it or whatever. Now we are literally having calls decided by how the replay will be judged only to have the replay judged by how the call was decided. Insanely stupid. Also, I'm going to add one more, Andy. Why are the refs on the field even participating in the replay? Thank you. And and I've said that for a while. Why is he going under the hood? Why isn't the main control, which I believe is in New York, saying he's down, man. The ball cut like just get go over to a you, phone. You have an earpiece. Yeah. And get a call. And now 
you don't have to make a decision that overrules yourself. Call. You don't have to make a decision that overrules one of your crewmates. No, no, forget that. For here, here's my idea. You don't even have to go to the phone. Pull out your phone, your actual cell phone. It's like saying your Uber or Lyft has arrived, but there's an app for the NFL within the NFL system. And, and the ref pulls out his, his phone, his iPhone, preferably free, free plug for you guys. Cause I mean, who has a Samsung? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I will. And it just says, no, he was down. You're wrong. Change it. I, I, I have an even better one. What if we have, you know, the NFL refer like the we have the, the replay officials in New York or wherever, right? Put a camera on them. And then, you know, when you go to the field, it's like after review, the guy turns on his mic down the field. It's like after review, the call on the field stands. I think you go straight to the camera of the NFL ref instant replay referee. They just throw that guy up on the jumbotron. And he goes, after looking at it for the very first time, I wasn't reviewing shit. After looking at this play for the very first time, I can tell you with certainty that he was down. Ooh, I have I no idea what's going on in your game, by the way. I don't even know the score Ooh, or the I like situation. That. He's like locked have in a great a day. Goodbye. He's like locked in a closet and they just present him the play. He has yeah. no, he has no, no context. He doesn't yeah. know what the call in the Why field does he was. Need context. I, I agree. Or I take it one step further. It's like a gender reveal. He pops a balloon. <laughs> he pops a balloon red in the jumbotron, which means the call stays. He pops a blue, which means it's a new. It's it's overturned. Okay. I I mean I think we can agree. We can you know you know our ideas have gotten pretty awesome if you ask me. Yeah. But I think we can all agree on one thing. The call on the field should not fucking matter whatsoever. Ever. Because Ever. I actually think the idea of, I actually think the idea of when in doubt, let's let the play run is a great strategy. I agree. But now you can't let that factor into the next portion of your decision. So I just think, why don't we just make instant replay? Like the call on the field doesn't fucking matter at all. I, I do like the idea of the replay official in New York having no clue of any sort of context. I have no clue. I don't. I haven't seen the play before. I don't know the score. I don't know what the call in the field was. It's honestly, it would be like if you. It would be like if you had a lawsuit, and then it was found. You know, you you like it. The the verdict was one way, right? And then you appeal, and you go to another court. And they still use the same guy, jury and the same judge. And they just add another dude. Like, what? Why are you guys still here? We're literally appealing your judgment. Why would you guys even participate in this? What's the uh, what's the Dwayne Wade show? The Cube? The, the Cube? Yeah, I like the Cube. The Cube's fun. I haven't watched it, but I've just seen the promos. Can we get an NFL? Dude, imagine this. OK, now now I'm thinking with from a marketing perspective or from a business strategy. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, the NFL red zone. What if that was the additional purchase? You could purchase NFL, the cube where there's different guys in different cubes and you can watch them in real time, see the play for the first time, make the call. 
That way the NFL not only could get the call right every time, or let's say 99% of the time, you also could profit financially by adding more money. I Okay. So I, now, now that we're down this like crazy, you know, uh, uh, like black fucking what's, what's the, that show black magic, black widow, black box. You know, the one I'm talking about, the BBC show, black I channel, black mirror, black mirror. Now that we're down this whole thing, I have a better one. What if we take a baby that has been given up for adoption and we just raise it in a laboratory where it has no context of the outside world? Ooh, I like it. All it knows is football rules. It's never seen outside. It just lives in this like Krang like bubble and all it knows is football and then we just present it so it can't even have the context of like where do these like it doesn't even know what a minute what minnesota is yeah there's zero bias there's no bias whatsoever because it's just a rules baby and then it's 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 literally a thing that was raised. i like that term rules baby just uh, just to know the rules of football watch a video clip and and make a ruling no bias whatsoever now the the movie where the baby escapes i was just gonna say what happens when the baby escapes the movie when the baby escapes and has to uh you know experience real life for the first time i'm assuming ben stiller plays this rules baby in this movie where he's like out in the real world and like doesn't know how to order ice cream or anything like that it's gonna be a great movie it'll be hilarious but what in the beginning we have this Truman show baby that doesn't know anything about real life. All it has to know is the rules of football. I want to raise a rules, baby. It doesn't need to know anything about Tom Brady's illustrious career. It doesn't need to know that the Bengals are a punchline. It doesn't need to know that the Cowboys are, you know, used to be something and have been trashed for 20 years. Like we don't need any of that. It doesn't even have to know football. It just needs to know the rules. Well, it's, it's almost like in the Star Wars, right? The clones, they're just raised one way. And you're just cloning the same thing for the soldiers. But you're just cloning rules babies. Yeah. I feel like Roger. Attack Goodell. of the rules babies. Yeah. Rules babies attack. I can see that happening. And they attack Roger Goodell's office. That's why I think we just have one. We just have like the Jim Carrey and the Truman Show. One ruled baby. Okay. I think we just uh, solved it. Now, now is this called and, NF- and and like you said, we can we can also this could be a reality show too, where like you buy a purchase to watch the rules baby, and I think the rules baby yeah. should only be able to like survive on sponsored things. Like I think the rules baby should only be able to eat Applebee's and take Cialis and drink you know miller light miller light whatever yeah. the sponsors are and he can only place his bets at fanduel.com forward right. slash dirty yeah like the rules baby swaddle wear- him swaddle him in cuts clothing yeah and he he's wearing sponsors like a nascar driver yeah and even he doesn't his- even know what they mean no i mean the amount of promotions you can do he doesn't need to know Applebee's is garbage. He just thinks that's fucking two for 20. So he doesn't even understand the concept of 20. Like, what do you mean? What does it mean? It's a two for 20. It's like, don't worry about it. 
Yeah. I just now started seeing those commercials. Oh, yeah. Welcome. I can't believe I tweeted it yesterday. I can't believe they didn't get rid of the tag team one. Like, God, how long are we going to do this one? The Tom um, Brady. You want to hear a confession? You love the tag team one. It still makes me laugh. The tag team one still makes me laugh. I, I, I got to give Baker Mayfield some credit again. Dude, his commercials are funny. I said it last year. I think that's partly why Baker Mayfield has good comedic timing. I think he's funny in these commercials. Like his acting. I know it's acting. Let's put that in quotes. He's funny. <coughs> he's really grown on me. I'm going to start wearing a headband and a Baker Mayfield jersey. Add him to my team. Not list team number five. I'm going up north, not Cincinnati. Cleveland Browns. No, I can't add them. What if, I was thinking, what if I went to every Bengals game wearing apparel from the opposing is, team? By, by the way, speaking of your your growing Baker Mayfield, is is Baker Mayfield and your boy Russell Wilson are essentially the two complete opposite people, right? Like Baker Mayfield, everybody was like, ah, oh, Baker Mayfield's fucking trash. And then like he gets a good team and now people are like, oh, I'm coming around to Baker Mayfield. I like his timing. Russell Wilson, everybody's golden boy out of the gate. He's, he's appearing in Super Bowls. He's winning in Super Bowls. Then defense sort of falls off. And now it's Mr. Unlimited, cringy, can't do the commercials. His personality, he's a personality minus. I, I don't like that comparison because Russ is always like, he might not be one of, like, they've never had a losing record. Even yeah. when the defense fell off. I'm just saying the way people have, you know, the people's uh, like love of them. I, Yours but, has, but, has yeah. never swayed, but I would say, I would say in the last few years, the lack of Super Bowl appearance combined with the cringiness that is his personality has turned some people off. Yeah, but Russ has never, Russ has always had a clean record. You know, Baker, obviously the infamous video of him running from the cops at Oklahoma. Even more why they're complete opposites. Yeah, I'm saying Russ is always, that's what I'm saying. That's why people have liked him from the get-go because he's, he's a dorky, Jesus Christian guy, but we know tons of people for me, you know, that's always like, I, I, I don't take to liking Baker Mayfield. Cause he's like running from the cops, but there are, we know those people we've dealt with the Manziel fans over the years and the, whatever the guys are like, I just like him. He's crazy. And I'm certainly the kind of person though. If you're a weird, cringy Jesus freak, I'm never going to like you, but I, you know, that's why I think they're complete opposite personalities. Yeah, I'm, and I'm complete, a, and, and complete opposite. Like, Almost I'm not like, disagree. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I'm saying this is why people. Have my point liked is the Russ. more and more the more and more people get to know Russ, the less and less people like him, and the more and more people get to know Baker Mayfield, the more and more people like him. I've always said my look. Russ is a total dork. I've already, I've said that from the get go. I'm not I'm not Johnny Russ personality. I like what the guy does on a football field. Your love for what he does on the football field is unlimited. I mean, it is. I, dude, he's, I love Russ, but you know, I like, I like a lot of these guys. There was a lot of quarterbacks yesterday that I was like, man, these are some good quarterbacks. And I'll tell you what, Kirk Cousins was not one of them. He was not one of, he did not make my list. So I will stand by whatever incoherent stoned argument I was making at the Degen Company on Saturday night about. Well, I mean, honestly, to me, your incoherent stoned argument, like, I don't even, it's like, Top tw- there, I could rattle off 12 quarterbacks. I'd take over him in a second. 
Well, like my brother, my brother was getting mad when I said he's like Deshaun Watson. You can't include that because he's not even playing right now. And I was like, well, dude, come on. If he is playing, Deshaun Watson's on that list. So let's sure. let's stop it. Don't tell me I can't include him. I even said Baker Mayfield, actually. Yeah, why? How could you not? Yeah. Of course. So I don't know. But I think uh, I think it's going to be fun this year, and I think we're going to have some surprises. I'd love to see a surprise Super Bowl, to be honest. And good luck, good luck, Chiefs. Because I because I think I don't know I I don't want I don't want to do the, the defense. They just have to play better, man. How many times can Patrick Mahomes do that? Yeah, but we'll see we'll see how they play. You know, I don't know who the Chiefs have week two, but we'll see how they play. Like I think we all agree that uh you know the browns are going to be good so the chiefs have the ravens on sunday night football i think chiefs will win but the question is you know what does their d do in that situation you take lamar jackson over kirk cousins right yes okay i mean yeah i'm not even like i'm not a ben roethlisberger in the in the form that he's in right now, fan. <laughs> in the form, they mutate. But you just mean old, banged up Ben. Old, banged up Ben that's can't like throw. can't throw, can't hold on. But like, you would take him over Kirk Cousins, wouldn't you? I don't know, man. What you think? You think you put Kirk Cousins on that Steelers team? They get better. That see that one's tough for me. I'll be honest. Not tough for me. He's old. I mean, Joe. He's like, what is he? Year eighteen. Okay. The amount, the amount of hits that guy's taken. You when think they get, dude? Kirk. I, I will say before. I'll say it again. Like to me, when you judge this stuff, and this this is part of my LeBron love. This is part of my Peyton Manning love. What? happens when a guy is added or subtracted from your team the vikings gave kirk cousins all the money in the world and have not been able to achieve what they achieved with case keenum they got worse yeah i mean look obviously i'm not defending worse i'm not defending cousins there's a variety of factors you know i think i don't know i don't know how much I don't know how to compare the defenses. I obviously I'm not a Cousins defender. I just I don't know. I don't know how many games Ben. I I I would I don't know. In my head, I, I would think Cousins would be more accurate, and he's a lot younger. You know, Cousins came in the I'm, league. I'm, that's not even, like it's not even a question for me. I would take a shell of fat, double gloved Ben Roethlisberger over Kirk Cousins. You call him, like did you call him fat? Yeah. He's, he's kind of chunky. You know who leaned out was uh, Jameis. Yeah. Did you weird. take Jameis over Kirk Cousins? On this Vikings team? On whatever. Like, you're starting a team, and they said you can get Jameis or you can get Kirk Cousins. I'd probably take Cousins. It's borderline for me, but I'd probably take Jameis. Like, uh, well, again, until, until again, J- 
until Jameis shows he's not going to turn the ball over so much. He didn't yesterday. If he keeps that up, he'll be great. Taking Dak over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, come on. Matt Ryan. Yeah. Every quarterback in the NFC West. Yeah. Are you taking Joe, Joe Burrow? Yeah, that's my brother got my brother got angry at that one, too. I was like, dude, take Burrow out of the Cincinnati situation where he's going to get destroyed, right? I was like, put him on a team that can protect him and then put Cousins on a team. Of course, I'm taking Burrow. Athletic ability alone. Where do you take? How about this? Would you take this? Is We did this before. Would you take unproven guys? I will take Jordan Love and Trey Lance and Justin Fields over Kirk Cousins. All things considered, money, status. Yeah, like Trey Lance the- for sure. I could do. I could probably do twenty guys. I didn't do my cold hot take. Yeah, do it. Not that cold. The winner of the AFC South will have nine or less wins. So the winner's gonna go nine and eight or worse. You, this, I love we did hot takes and and you refuse. You only do cold hot takes. Andy's like, okay, hold on, everybody, buckle up. I'm the I'm the cold take baby. I've been born in a lab. <laughs> the NFC East will not be that good. said AFC South, but yeah, I don't think the <laughs> NFC East will be that good either. Actually, actually, I think the Eagles are going to be better than you think. Off one game. Off, I know it's one game. Oh, I mean, I oh, think. Oh, I think, oh, oh, here's a take. Here's a take for you. The give Eagles, it to me. the Eagles, the, and I, I believe this. The Eagles will have a better record than your Giants. Okay. I think Daniel Jones is trash. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to. Now you're basing that on yesterday. No, I, I just I haven't liked him that much. The first you two like years. Jalen, you like Jalen Hurts. I'd probably rather have Jalen Hurts right now. They're pretty even. I mean, that's fine. You can say they're pretty even if you want. I'm just saying, like, you're saying you, you're like Daniel Jones is trash. The Eagles will be better. And you're basing this on Jalen Hurts. Well, I just think if the Eagles can play some defense. I think the Giants defense will be better than the Eagles defense. Okay. I mean, I'm not ready to eat horse feces or anything, but. Well, we know you're not ready to wear the L chain. Can we get out of here on an L chain gate? The fuck happened? What happened? I don't even understand. I don't even, I didn't even. Also, I didn't even understand your reply to me. You were like, yeah, I took it off. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to take it off. I took it off the podcast. So for people who don't know. I got, I mean, I got multiple DMs. Do you, from- by the way, do you not think I'm aware of that also going in? I'm doing a show. I know it's going to air. I'm like, I'm taking off the outside. I don't think we're in. But why would you do that? No, you essentially you- broke the rules of our bet. Like, I would say, I would say in an era, in the post pandemic era where you literally never leave the house except to work out and go to fucking Kings Island. It's all the more reason why a public appearance on Zoom should require you to wear the L chain. Okay, the L so- chain, the L chain bet, which happened pre-pandemic, 
The whole idea is everywhere you go. Sure. Where now we're in a situation where you literally go nowhere. It's not like you're going out and doing things. You don't live in Venice Beach anymore where you're like going to Trader Joe's with the fucking L chain on twice a week where you and Nick are going to Costco with the L chain on. You did a Zoom appearance. You just took it off. Yeah, I mean, the truth is I got out of the shower and I was like, I don't feel like putting this back on. You're like, I don't actually, feel actually, no. like rec- I don't feel like actually, actually, no. my end of this wager. Actually, that's not what happened. It wasn't out of the shower. Truth I wasn't told. able to be like, I don't feel like wearing purple hair to dinner today. I had to fucking bleach my hair one color, dye it a different color and then dye it back to my original color. There was chemicals involved in me upholding my end of the bet. And you were so, just like, no, I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to take it off. And you did a dirt balls podcast. And then multiple people are like, hey, you know, I'm trying to support. And Andy did this thing. I don't want to like cause any man, but he like straight up. He didn't even mention the L chain. He just didn't wear it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not hiding. I, I, I knew that going in. I was like, Dude. I know you're not hiding, but you're all, you also sent a tweet yesterday like it was totally justified. You're like, yeah, I just didn't wear it. I'm not hiding anything. I'm like, but what are you not hiding that you welched on the bet? I mean, I can wear it for another two hours if you want. Well, I mean, that's not really the point, is it? But, but, you know, we've welched on bets, you and I. But to me, this was like the, like, why would you do this? It just seems so easy. All you had to do was wear it. You wore it on our podcast multiple times. I, I think we have to turn this over to the dirty sports Reddit for a punishment. I mean, listen, you essentially what you just did is you robbed a bank and you're like, listen, I'll give you the money back. This is not about the money. How about this? This is about- how about this? We'll be all even. Let's bring it back to I'm wearing a Russell Wilson jersey. Let's bring it back to 2018. Our $100 bet. I think you forgot about this one. I said the Eagles. I'm sorry, Eagles. I said the Seahawks would win 10 games. Okay. We bet a hundred bucks. Okay. I never asked you for that money. Okay. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't have paid you the money if you asked for it. I mean, that was a heated discussion about the Seahawks winning 10 games midseason okay. when they were floundering. My point is that was a bet that I was like, whatever. You also, for some reason, like you you did this thing where you were like, I don't want that money. It's fine. I'm taking it. And you're like, okay. And we've done like the, we're going to go out and do this dinner and we're going to go out and do this, like whatever. But like, we're, we're talking about like, stay in our lane here. If you want me to pay you the $100 so that we can get to your crime. Then no, I, I, don't, I, you the I, don't, I don't want $100 from you. Okay. I'm just bringing up a past bet. I understand. I'm trying to stay focused here because we just made a new bet. You know what I mean? Like the idea that I go to fucking Ikea for like, two hours and then I leave and the 10 hours later, I'm pretending like I'm still there with photos and video. Like I'm not going to do that. So before we, before we start on yet another bet where the L chain is going to be worn somewhere and they're going to stay X amount of time and you're going to be whatever. I think we need to, I think we need to clarify that like we're either going to do these or we're not going to do them. Yeah. And I can have somebody with me if I lose this bet. And, and you can put it up to Reddit or you can put it up on Twitter, whatever you want. I, 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 so here's I just want to we'll clear there. I'm not mad at you. I'm disappointed. 
I'm not mad at you. Going with the parent. But I am disappointed. Going with the parental disappointment. For everybody who listens to this show, Andy was supposed to wear the L chain for two weeks. Now it's very much in question how much the L chain was on or off during that two weeks. We sent Cutter over. Now I'm wondering, did did Andy know why Cutter was there and then throw the L chain on just to make sure he was like now so many things are in question. But I I had Cutter check in on you because I wanted to know if you were keeping up your end of the bargain. I was confident that you were as a third party arbitrator showed up and you were wearing the L train. You wore it every time we did the podcast during those two weeks. I trusted that you did it. After the fact, a podcast appearance that you did via Zoom comes out. During the two weeks that the L chain was supposed to be on, you're not wearing it. You don't recognize that you should be wearing it. You get called out on it on the internet. And you just go, I'm not even hiding it. I took it off and didn't wear it. I put it to the Dirtball fam who live and die with these pick them bets every year. I don't know where we stand after Sunday's games. I think we're pretty close. But before we continue down this path, I ask all of you to go to the Dirty Sports Reddit page, where I assume somebody has or will soon put up a post about L Chain Gate. And I think you need to, I think we need to weigh in. Do you think what Andy did was okay? How should Andy be punished if you don't think what he did was okay? Punished? I mean, I think you should have to answer for this, I think, but I am one man. That's why I put it to our, our fans are obviously the lifeblood of this show. I turn it over to them. I'm not saying we should chop off a pinky. Reddit.com forward slash. But I'm not, not saying we should chop off a pinky. I mean, I don't want to, you know, somebody made the joke on Twitter and I don't want to start the show out every week, but hi, I'm he who shall not be named. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host. We don't want you. Don't don't join. Like I Mac. just said, you we, we don't join Matt. But hold on, hold shit, on. Shit stain we, in the world well, of. We both watched dumb bats. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's why I'm bringing up the Seahawks one. And that's that's not necessarily on me to be like, hey Joe, season's over. They won ten games. Pay me a hundred bucks. It's like there was a bet. Whatever. That's why I'm just bringing that up. Like. I understand that. And and you also brought it up after the fact and said, don't pay me. Now you're totally right. I should be on it. But this we're now we're talking about we're we're mixing metaphors here because we're talking about the pick'em bets that we have that we we have spent hours in the last few months taking phone calls, negotiating. This gonna be King's Island. How many conies? Hold on. Basically, this is what it boils down to. You don't trust me. And that's a fair assessment because I took it off of the podcast. Again, I'll, I'll it's say not this. that I don't trust you. It's that it's it's not even about me not trusting you. It's just about that this is an annual pick them bet that ends things like I, I you know what I blame the guys that we, no can, br- we can we can bail on that entirely and not not do this any longer. I think it makes it a fun part of the show. If we're not going to do it, no, we'll do it. Then we shouldn't even be taking phone calls about maybe, doing. Maybe it. I over-respected the guys at No Brains, No Headache, and I thought they did. I, want- I think that is very safe to say. No <laughs> brains. You took it off for the No Brains, No Headache. 
You didn't do fucking Burt's podcast. You weren't on SportsCenter. <laughs> you were on the No Brains, No Headache podcast. It was fun, by the way. Those guys are. It's they're dirt balls. Yeah. It's see, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie because I don't know either of those two names, so I can't say who. But amongst the half a dozen DMs I got, one of them was from the No Brains, No Headache podcast. Said, hey, this guy did our show and he didn't wear the hell chain. So you're they they sold you out, dog. Yeah. So I'm never doing your guys show again. Sorry, guys. Never. You know, you're going to be you're going to be you know what they say. I will happily do your show, guys, and talk about. The snitches get stitches. Benedict Arnold. Well, the the good the good news so, is so here's what it was. It wasn't the shower. Everything's coming back to me. So the here's good what news it was. is they weren't the only people because you also like reposted video of Clear, you because clearly I didn't. Yeah, clearly I just I'll be honest. I came back. You had no respect for our wager. I didn't. I'll just be straight up. I came back from a run. It wasn't a, it wasn't a shower. I remember it's all coming back. I came back from a run. It wasn't on. I was running behind. I was setting up. And obviously, I don't wear it when I'm running. And which was part of the negotiation. No working part, out. No yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Which was part of the negotiation. No so I get back in the house. And I see it sitting there. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm not putting this on for the podcast. It's going to be a 30-minute podcast. And I knew going in. I knew going in. And I'm like, this is going to go up. I knew, I knew there was going to be blowback. So I'm here for it. I, oh, my I, God. It's premeditated murder. Basically, it is. I wouldn't have admitted that if I were as your lawyer, I would have, uh, you know, I would have pled the fifth on that one. I'm an honest guy, Joe. I'm just being straight up with the dirt balls. I didn't give a fuck. You guys I, can I call almost, me a well. Almost, can... I almost feel like, you know, these days, you know, streaming cameras are easy to come. I almost feel like we need a we need like a, a baby monitor. I think I almost feel like I need like three days of penance where like you can't take it off if you fucking sleep. You can't take it off if you shower. Like I need you wearing a fucking GoPro that streams directly to DirtySports.com forward slash L chain where we can monitor <laughs> that you do not take this thing off. I'm, I might need to put a we might need to, you know, they have those things now that the Apple thing that you can put in your backpack so that you don't lose your backpack. I almost think we need to stick one to the L chain. And like, I need it to never be away from the other one that we stick on your neck. We need an L chain baby to watch me. Yeah. An L chain, but unbiased. Well, Jay Lloyd looks like an adult baby. He should be the L chain baby. I'm going to need a Jay Lloyd to live with you for a few days and <laughs> monitor your L chain wearing. Uh, if he lives with me, I'm going to Cutter, die. If you're listening to can you, tr can you lend us one of your children? Who's a, whose sole yeah. purpose will be knowing whether or not the L chain is on. If Jay Lloyd lives with me. I'll just be stoned for three straight days. That kid, he just gets after it. Shout out to Jay Lloyd on that. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys, I'll let you guys decide, you know, on the, on the dirty reddit.com forward slash dirty sports. Yeah. I Somebody just put, start the L chain. What are they called? Threads. What if I purposely did all this, Joe, as the master puppeteer that I am to get more people to the Reddit? What if I did that? I think that, that would be a great long play, especially since you're like, yeah, who cares about the Reddit in the past? You're like, just fucking nerds. I didn't say that. You know, you're just making things up. 
get on that get on the l chain gate reddit thread yeah. way in way in guys i'd also like you to add if you feel like you know i definitely feel like andy disrespected me and and the sanctity of the pick bats do you feel like are you disappointed in andy well wouldn't be the first time people were disappointed in me i've had almost 40 years of disappointing people yeah, put it out to you guys. Obviously, I haven't hide. Like Joe said, this basically is, for lack of a better term, premeditated murder. I went in full well, fully aware, I should say, what I was doing. And here we are. Let me know what you guys want. I'd make you dye your hair if you weren't already dying your hair. I'm not dying my hair, but oh, see, but, fired. but see, but see, exactly. The problem is it's really tough to find stuff for me because it doesn't nothing. That stuff doesn't really bother me. Right. This is all the more reason why we're disappointed in you, Andy. It was the easiest. I mean, Cutter basically said from now on, you should pick things that Andy doesn't thrive in doing, which is like acting a fool, wearing stupid shit. And then meanwhile, I sort of know this anyway. It wasn't that I was embarrassed. I just didn't want to put it on. Right. That's all it boils down to. It makes it worse. It's pure laziness. Okay. Here's the situation. Jay Lloyd can shove the L chain up my ass. Oh, no. I'm kidding. Uh, We don't have that many calls, so we can push those for next episode. I feel like we've covered it all. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. So drop a call, drop a podcast review on Apple. If you do that, please leave your Instagram or Twitter handle, and I will send you two koozies in the mail. And like Joe said, if you want to find a solution for L chain gate or whatever we're calling it, go to the dirty sports Reddit. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media, except for Twitter. I'm at fix your life. I'll be down in Escondido and then in Santa Barbara this weekend for shows Friday at grand comedy club in Escondido uh, Saturday at the Liz the something lizard for fuck. Let me look it up at the, uh, well, if you're in Santa Barbara, you know, there's a lizard uh, uh, night lizard brewing co in Santa Barbara on Saturday. Um, I have New Orleans, October 1st and 2nd coming up, headlining two shows Friday, two shows Saturday at the beautiful and newly post-Hurricane Ida reopened Comedy House New Orleans, followed by Daniel Jones v. Jameis Winston in Battle of the, we're not sure who they are, quarterbacks at the Caesars Palace Dome. Uh, So if you're in New Orleans or any of the surrounding areas, please come out to that. And uh, go to JoePrano.com to check in there regularly because I will be adding shows soon. I'm going to go out on tour with Eddie Ift uh, doing a bunch of shows. So do that. And then also remember uh, to check out endcan.org and the endcan.org forward slash crush can challenge. Um, I've talked about this on a number of shows. If you want to Support ending child abuse and neglect. Go to those two things. Maybe put up a video of you crushing a can. I'm going to do one this week. and Hopefully you guys will join me. Thank you. I'll tell you what on the L chain gate. I, it's got to be reasonable. I just looked at the YouTube comments right now. 
new punishment. Andy can't go to Kings Island for two years. Like that's not on the table. That's just not on the table. It's just, I'm going to Kings Island. That's, that's ridiculous. Let's, let's make these reasonable, please. No Kings Island for two years is not reasonable. It's like saying you can't shit for two years from me. It's unbelievable. Let me know, guys. Start thinking about the things that really, you know, the things that are reasonable for Andy, but like also would affect him greatly, you know? Like, you know, no porn for a year. Or uh, that'd be tough. Yeah. You, know, uh, you got you to gotta go dry, if you know what I mean, for a year. Old sandpaper hands, Ruther. I just wouldn't masturbate for a year. Sandpaper hands, Ruther. All right, guys, that's the show. What a way to end. I can't wait to see what recommendations are going to be out there. You guys have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday, and hopefully we'll have some updates on some solutions to this uh, giant debacle that I've created. Much love, Dirtballs. We'll see you guys soon. And as always, stay dirty.